Hello. Welcome to episode 28 of the Sparkcast. Um, happy Monday. If you're listening to this on a Monday, otherwise happy whatever day of the week it is. Um, I don't know why I recorded today. I was just kind of... It's the first time I've like driven to work in a bit. I've mainly just been like traveling via... Like, commuting to other states and stuff. Like, some of the Moscow folks know about that. Um, basically driving for, uh, you know, various work stuff and with other team members from other states. So, been been doing that recently. So, that's been fun. But now it's just going back to the regular old office. And of course, that means podcast, driving on the New Jersey roads with the, the sun blasting into your eyes because it's winter. And I feel like I have a permanent cold. But it's still my favorite season. Um, so I gotta appreciate it. So, I don't know. Um, topics, stuff to cover today. I feel like there's a fair amount. I, I think like the last podcast I did was just the theme week podcast where it was just talking about the first gens. Uh, and then I'd, I'd actually have to look. I'm not really sure what else I spoke about before. I hope I don't accidentally cancel my recording by going into Spotify now. Let's see. Okay, so... I really haven't haven't talked much about anything. Oh, I did some M and E discussion before theme week. Okay, so there's still uh, quite a quite a fair bit of stuff in the middle that I guess we, we we didn't cover. So I guess we could talk about some of the complaints about moderation because I know that there's been a fair few of those. Um, we could talk about Moscow for a bit, looking at playoffs, and then. Kind of go back and do a little follow up, circle up to whatever's going on in in the end. Um, but firstly, in regards to changes and stuff, we've obviously actually yeah, the whole depreciation thing. How did I forget? That's obviously the the very big one. Um, so I know some people are not so happy with the whole depreciation mess if they'd like to call it a mess, which I, I, I think it was still executed fairly cleanly. So taking a step back, the concept and task of adjusting depreciation is a fairly tough one. One of the biggest reasons for this is especially when you're looking in line with our old system, pre-hybrid attributes, but still with the nine season careers, we had basically added another 7% depreciation for that ninth season. So obviously, you know, that wasn't very popular at the time either. And people were also debating, is it worth it to actually play the nine seasons or not? So McWolf had actually made an article doing his own lose career projections if he was a casual max earner trying to figure out whether that not, whether that ninth season would be worth it or not. And the general consensus was you would have to peak your build a bit lower, but you would still be in like a TPA range where you would be considered to be a superstar. 
simply because you'd be above like 900 TPA, which which really at in like that phase was kind of like the magic number, like around 800, 900, when you would have at least three or four 99s in your in your attributes. So even in that old system, you would still drop a little bit going into your final season. Like even if you were the best earner, or like some some area like that, because of just how many 99s you had and, and like how depreciation worked. But we've talked a lot about how we tried to make depreciation mirror that old format, but I don't think anyone's really talking about why we need depreciation. So again, this could just be my own personal thoughts. I, I don't know like what the league's official stance on like depreciation and, and all that stuff is. But one of the biggest issues with the whole nine-season hybrid was that we were seeing teams were unable to handle cap space. And obviously, cap is going to be a very sensitive topic just because we're going from eight-season careers to nine-season careers. But the biggest issue that we were seeing was that players that would have depreciated under literally any other system prior to the current one simply were gaining brackets. They were... Like the overall cost of players was just skyrocketing, and it was impossible for teams to be making trades. It was impossible for even like deadline moves, mid-season moves. It just simply wasn't possible to be making some of those things, and especially realizing that at some point we're not going to have any more eight-season players. We're only going to have nine-season players. Huh. Sorry, had a random yawn in the middle there. But but basically, like, recognizing that, like, pension players were increasing in cap. And again, this isn't saying that pension players shouldn't be receiving their money. They absolutely should. And there's definitely a world where we go back and we start looking at, at, at stuff from the finance perspective and start reassessing our salary caps because of brackets, which we've already started to discuss whether we want to start looking at how much each tier pays out, what the salary cap as a whole looks like, and then in conjunction, what do the store per- store prices look like? That's obviously all conversations that we can and will still have. But in terms of depreciation, there's just every league has it. As you start to age past a certain point, you have to regress a bit so that your TPA is not just left un- unchecked. Um, so that you're not just going into, you know, a full nine seasons. And, and, and I think some of the people have been making that sort of point uh, recently in regards to retiring early, that if you retired early, it was still somewhat of a, of a positive sign. And, and personally, I, I don't really have any care whether someone retires early or not. For me, it's usually just a bit of like a surprise Pikachu face. Where I'm like, oh damn! Like you actually re- retired early, and from my perspective, looking at, at some of those folks, I definitely think that they could have survived another season. But if people just don't want to eat that cap hit and they want to peak higher earlier, I know folks like Dom on his on his first player um, just didn't just started buying, I think, uncapped TPE or, or something like that, and then was spending it. So when depreciation actually came around, he just wasn't prepared for it. So he retired early um, by like a season. And obviously now his player is fine. He's already hit, like he had already hit the max carryover threshold. So like 
in terms of having your, your, your TPA, you can play for as many seasons as you want. If you want to retire early, that's fine. The depreciation is still necessary in order to keep some of the, the like, TPA values in balance a little bit. Even though, you know, the average TPA, if, if I had to guess, obviously we don't really have much in terms of like pre, like I, I don't have like easy metrics for pre-hybrid. I, I, would, I would guess that the average has gone up by at least 150, 200 TPA simply because of that depreciation is a little easier to fight at the lower levels. And also that people now in nine season careers can simply just tack on more with lower depreciation. So obviously that had to be kept in check a little bit simply because if every player was getting above the 900 TPA bracket very easily, it would have just been a little, first of all, like we're just getting out of hand in terms of what the on ice stats are. Like we're, we're kind of getting into like overkill perspective. And then also we're kind of just completely screwing up the, the salary cap and, everyone's cap hits would be 5.5, like above four at the very least. And, and again, while that probably sounds great to the, to the players, when you look at it from actually assembling a roster, sure, like you guys can go and get paid 5.5, you're going to have bots playing around you. And, and it's kind of something like you see Warsaw, like what's happening to Warsaw right now, that because they have so many high high TPA, high, high TPE forwards, they have three defensemen. And of course, they're still doing well, but if every team starts to follow blueprints like that, we start running the risk of literally running some of the lower TPE folks out of, out of the league and again back into the into leagues like the VHLE or just stacking rebuilders with like nine players simply because contenders don't have cap. And that was the exact same issue that we had that led to causing the E, except that rationale was more so behind having just too many players in general, whereas now we've sort of inflated ourselves into not having any any cap space. So obviously we've, we've, we've tried to curb that inflation a little bit with these depreciation changes um, going back in line with the old 7% in an eight-season career without the or 7% in a nine-season career without the hybrid. Um, and this was sort of the result that we we ended up with after doing a bit of testing, trying to figure out how various people's earn rates would, would kind of handle it. And I know people are still, you know, sort of saying that they wish that they could have done eight seasons, they wish they could have done nine seasons, like or like that the timing was a season earlier, a season later, all that, all that kind of jazz. Um, but you know, some of, I still think that it's your decision. If you'd like to play eight seasons, I don't really think that we should be stopping you. I know some people really think that you should be getting to the VHL as fast as possible. And I just genuinely think that's a mindset that if you want to get to the VHL as fast as possible, you'll find a way to do so. If you don't want to, I don't, I don't see why the league needs to convince you to, to change your mind. Um, I, I still think that's something that you can discuss with your GM, whoever that is, to see if you want to do nine seasons or not. Uh, or you can just play eight. Like, there's nothing wrong with, with playing eight seasons. 
I, I really don't don't think there's any issue with it. So I think it'll continue to be a player by player, team by team decision that you'll have to make and who knows? I mean I ran the numbers on my own player and I had a fairly low cap TPA build around like one thousand one hundred forty TPA and I was basically able to kind of fight it, cover it for my career. But I, I know people are going to want to get up to like 1,200, 1,300 TPA. They want to get up to uh, really high individual attributes in STHS. But, you know, that's that's always been the, the, the trade-off that we've sort of mentioned that, you know, if you want to peak really high in, in, in your TPA, there's really no point that you're like, even under the old system that you were going for, for nine seasons, like if you're trying to peak at like 95 scoring, or I guess you can even get to 95 scoring, like 94 scoring or like 95, 96 defense or really high skating puck handling, like it's going to be a drain on, on, on your TPE. So I don't know. I really think that if you want to just have a really high peak, play eight seasons. If you'd like to have more chances at a cup, if you just like to have a longer career, um, if you think that, that you can handle a slightly lower peak, but it's still a very solid peak for, for, for nine seasons and, and still, you know, have a bit of a longer VHL career experience and just give yourself more chances to do whatever you want. Like, that's really what the nine seasons offering you. And it was really just designed to be a way for some of these, you know, really, really high, high earning players to just, well, oh, I thought he was going to come after me because I have my earpods in and I'm, and I'm talking. Yeah, really just a way for those nine season or for those really high earners who just had so much TPE they could just bypass the, the, the VHLE. And it was really intended to, to just be like a one one to three people per draft class kind of kind of deal. But if there's like if it's only one, if it's zero, I really don't think it massively shakes up how how the league will go. But again, that's just my thoughts. I can definitely be proven wrong. So we'll see. Um, moderation. A lot of discussions about it. I don't know if I really need to beat this beat this dead horse. Um, there's definitely been plenty of discussions. I've been involved in plenty of them as well, both on the forums and on on Discord. There's definitely a bit of a disconnect in in terms of what someone was told back in like 2021, and I don't know. It, the, the whole thing about it being brought up now is kind of just a little nuts. But, yeah, I think that our mods are fine when it comes to actual serious things. Otherwise, for everything else, they abuse their power, and sometimes they're annoying. That's kind of everyone. I'm sure people would say that about me, too. But there's really no reason to be complaining about a two-week suspension for harassment. I don't know. 
I like thought it would be a cool thing to to talk about, but I realized I've talked about this so many times that I'm just kind of going in circles over and over and over again, or I'm just saying the same things over and over and over again. But in reality, I think that ever since the two punishments that we've had for harassment that had sexual implications or, or like just fell under the umbrella of sexual harassment, I really don't think we've had any of those instances in the league. It's definitely just gone. So even if one or two members feel personally hurt or personally, you know, that they feel that they were treated unfairly and that they were wrong, like, like, like wrongfully punished, but we've somehow eradicated <laughs> sexual harassment from, from the league, then that's kind of a, you know, lose one for the, for the greater good kind of perspective, if you'd like to take it. Obviously, I you know, enjoyed being around both of the folks that were involved. Um, I've, I've done podcasts with maybe both, both folks. I have definitely collaborated with, with, with both of them on like various different pieces of content. I've been teammates with them. I've, I've interacted with them in, in other sim leagues. So, you never know like who's gonna end up putting themselves in that kind of weird situation that you just simply don't anticipate um and it's always sad to see generally good people leave the league but at some point it's just kind of you know if this one person and their mistake was the price to pay to kind of really slap some sense into the entire league and, and realize that certain behavior just isn't acceptable, then it's not much arguing to really do there, but I'm sure it's possible if you tried. So yeah, so that is appreciation change, moderation stuff. Moscow is somehow going to play like five games to end the season, and they're just like one point behind Warsaw for first place in the in the EU. So it's actually quite interesting that like first place is Warsaw, second place is Moscow, third place is Prague, then it's like Davos, London. So it's certainly a very interesting I need to try and merge here. So it's so it's certainly like a very interesting race here where uh, Davos, London, Prague are sort of all trying to like compete for this for this spot here. Um, and even then, like I honestly don't really know who I would want to play in the first round. I think like from a standings pr- or like from a like like team perspective, or I don't know what the shit's called, team stats record against the team. Like, from those metrics, Warsaw was, like, the worst team for us, even though, like, we still kind of held our own against them. Um, And then it was, like, London, for some reason, was, like, the next worst one. I would just like to get into the merge and get out of here. Jesus Christ, that was the most annoying merge I've had to do yet. Um, Yeah, I... 
like we did really well against Prague like all season. We maybe dropped like one game out of like the five that we that we played against them, or like six. Um, Davos, we've also fared fairly well against. Um, so yeah, so like I, I guess like we were kind of looking for one of those teams. So it's kind of interesting in which like we could genuinely just say, let's let's play. Or like we would be fine with like being second seed and then playing Prague, who's third seed. We'd be fine being first seed and then waiting to see whoever comes out. But honestly, like I really don't think it matters at this point. I feel like it's just one of those situations where we kind of all know what what works for our own teams. We have all seen each other plenty of times. I just really don't know what new and crazy thing to expect here, but I feel fairly confident, especially after the the like Preo Deco trade, that Moscow can hang with basically anyone. So I'm I'm really not not too worried here. Where is this dude turning? So yeah, I mean, well, it'll definitely be interesting. Worse has three games to play. Moscow has five, but we definitely but we have like games against like Helsinki, Riga. All that, all like those kind of weird, like trap games, where you know you really think you should win these games, but I, I guarantee we're gonna lose at least one of them, um, maybe more. So, so that'll be fun. And getting pretty close to work. I guess I drove a little faster today, but looking at the M we have like a whole bunch of teams that somehow are going to finish in like the 66 point range, like plus or minus two or three, which is utterly insane. Other than, so there's like two or three teams that are just absolute front runners. And then a whole bunch of teams that are just in competition for the, for the playoff spot, which is genuinely nuts. Um, Obviously there's some inactives that needed to be dropped last week that we didn't really catch until this week and that's partially due to some of the traveling and stuff that that was going on with with me and not really paying attention to some of the VHL things um but we did kind of send out all the notices yesterday so all these teams need to get these folks dropped um there's definitely a little bit of playoff implications that there's not much that we can really do about right now except for catch them when when we when we can like when we've noticed them and then kind of just see how everything shakes out. And yeah, we'll, we like to cross bridges once we get there, um, which unfortunately is always, um, we are wholly unprepared to cross said bridges. And then we have to kind of figure out what we're doing in the moment. No, not wholly un, unprepared. That just paints us in a, in a bad light. I just generally do find that some issues can only be addressed after the issue happens before we expect the issue will happen. Because especially with the variability of STHS and, and like the, the SIM engine and all that, like we really can't decide that something, that some result is going to happen in advance. So you can't really slap someone before something happens. For example, like the whole, VHL playoff situation with New York and Seattle, where New York has played too many starter games, but will that really have impacted Seattle's playoff chances? You really don't know. But you will know after Sims end today, so 
that's that's going to be interesting to see whether New York gets gets punished if they end up getting the playoff spot over Seattle, um, or if they don't and they just have to eat those backup games in the playoffs. So yeah, a bit of a short one today. I guess this is kind of dumb because they got to work quickly. So I guess I'll cut it off around 24 minutes. Thanks for listening. Let me know if there's anything else you want me to talk about in the future, though I doubt you will because no one ever does. So adios.